Well, if you have your Westover app, you have your Westover app, get your app out. Have our notes there and our scripture there. If you have your Bible, join me in the Gospel of John, chapter number 5. We're going to return to the miracle that we've been looking at all month long in the series entitled, From Now On. From Now. There's a from now on moment God has for you. Some of you started something. Some of you took a step, a good step, but you got discouraged and you gave up. And you said it didn't work. I'm inviting you to a from now on moment with God. And to illustrate that, for several centuries, it was believed that a heavy object and a light object would fall to the ground at different speeds. In fact, it was Galileo that that clarified this. He said that a light object and a heavy object will fall to the ground at the same rate. And that was not a commonly held idea. But he set the record straight that both the heavy and the light object fall to the ground at the same rate of speed. What does that say to us? Do you know that small things can pull you down just as quickly as big things in life? Yeah. You lose a friend. It can, it can pull you down just like losing a job. Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody turn on you in the workplace and the bankruptcy. You say, those are not all the same. But even the small things can pull us down just like the big things. And let me just say this parenthetically. If somebody shares with you a burden, a hurt, or something they're struggling with, don't dismiss that. Don't tell them, oh, don't worry about it. Why are you stressing over that? That's no big deal. You don't know what their heart is feeling in that moment. And I, I was thinking about this, how things pull us down, and I began to realize we use that language all the time. We'll often say, I'm I'm down and out. And I would add to that, if you'll get down, eventually you'll be out. If you stay discouraged long enough, if you get down, eventually it will lead to getting out. For example, in boxing, they have a phrase, down for the count, but we have co-opted that and brought it into our language. And sometimes emotionally, people say, I'm, I'm down for the count. We say when we're sick, I've come down with something. A lost opportunity, we say it's gone down the drain. We tell people we're down on our luck. We feel knocked down, slapped down, beaten down, broken down, put down, run down. And sometimes we feel like we're breaking down in life, being down. And when somebody's down, somebody will come along and say, well, just go to your happy place. Has anybody ever told you that? Just go to your happy place. I tried it, and mine was closed. It was foreclosed upon. I, mean, I couldn't go to my happy place. You ever felt like that? Even think of the word down. D-O-W-N. Down. It, it is the letter D attached to the word own. Own. And that D... That D can be depression. You own depression. You say, it's just who I am. I, 
My life, is, my life isn't working out. Disappointment. Some of us have owned disappointment. Something happened to us, and now we describe ourselves as we're broken and damaged goods. We put that label on our life. Dysfunction is another D, and we've owned it. It's the way I was raised. I can't do anything about it. That pattern has been in our family all along. I, I can't break that cycle. Let me give you another D, the devil. The devil wants you to own defeat. The devil wants you to own brokenness. The devil wants us to own addiction. The devil wants us to own the sin. He wants to put that in our life and say we're stuck with that and we cannot change. And I came to tell you today, it's time to get up. It's time to get out of the cave. It's time to get out of the depression. It's time to get out of the disappointment. It's time to break the cycle of dysfunction. It's time to move past that area that owns us, that captivates us, where we're stuck in life. And some of us are in a moment we feel stuck, and it was something that pulled us down. And remember, sometimes even the small stuff can pull us down but we still get down. And in life, it's easy to feel down and stuck. And in the Gospel of John, chapter number 5, there's the account of a man who's an invalid, and the Bible describes it. He's laying down. I think that's more than just a description of, of his position. It, it's, it speaks of his emotional and his spiritual condition. He's laying down. He's a crippled. He's paralyzed. And Jesus comes along. And I believe in this story, in this gospel account of this miracle, God's going to give us insights on how to not live our life down, not live our lives depressed, dark, and in the cave. Let's read the account of Scripture beginning at verse number 1. It says, Sometime later Jesus went to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is in the Aramaic called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in that condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone goes down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, here's what I came to tell you today. And Jesus said to him, get up. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and walked. And what I want to suggest, and I think embedded in this story God is teaching us how we can move past the down experience of life. And in just a moment as we go into communion, I believe many of us are going to lay aside the down factors and the down experiences and the memories. And we're going to move on to a purpose that Jesus died on the cross to redeem and bring us into his purpose and bring us into our future. I'm going to pronounce that over you. God's going to heal your memories and your heart in communion today. It's time to get up. If you don't want to be down then what do you need to do? Number one, number one, 
just realize we're not stuck. We're not stuck. No matter where you're at, no matter where the career, no matter what the condition is, no matter what your financial situation, I want to speak into you, you're not stuck. Look at verse number 6 again. It, it, here's, the, here's the interesting information. It says that this man had been in this condition a long time. Jesus learned that. He had been in this condition a long time. And a long time can feel like a strong time. If you stay in something a long time, you feel like, well, it must be the will of God. God must, God must want me to just deal with this and suffer through this. God just has destined me to be this. We kind of let discouragement and fate take over because the long time feels like a strong time in our life. And it's easy to find yourself in an unhealthy place. The Grinch stole your Christmas and your groundhog saw his shadow. You didn't, you didn't pay off the credit card when you want. You didn't get the promotion. This didn't happen. All of a sudden you're saying, I'm stuck where I'm at. And I'm here to tell you, you're not stuck. In pastoring through the years, I've discovered there are many reasons why people feel stuck. But I, I found some common denominators on why people feel stuck. Number one thing I see in people frequently is past pain. Past pain. Yes. Things from the past. I've prayed with people on the altar, and people will be weeping and broken and just sharing the pain of a past experience. And then I realize it didn't happen last month. It happened five years ago. You see, there's no statue of limitation on past pain. There's no expiration date on past pain. Past pain can hold you, and you can feel stuck and owned by it. It was Richard Dobbins, Christian psychologist, said that every one of us in our life, we have what he called invisible fingerprints. Invisible fingerprints. You tell people it's, everything's great. That's what you said in the hallway today. I'm fine. How are you doing? And we tell everybody that things are fine. But in our life are invisible fingerprints. There are memories and experiences. There are past pains that are holding us and keeping us in a pattern and in a cycle. A number two reason why I notice people feel stuck. Not only past pain, but, but present problem. The present problem. The present problem is why some of us are here today. All of a sudden, a problem in the present has interrupted your cycle, your, your, your life, and your, your, your pattern, and your goal. You said, i got to go to church. I, I don't know what to do with this. And For example, like a, a financial problem, it'll, it'll, it'll overwhelm you. It can take the breath out of you. You can feel, God, I can't do anything about this. I'm stuck. I, I, I can't change it. I, there's, no, there's no options available to me. I, I, I feel like that, that I have nowhere to go. I'm controlled by the problem. And past pain and present problem inevitably makes us feel like a failure. A failure. That's one thing to make a mistake. But it's another thing to feel like a failure. All of us make mistakes, but if you ever own it, if you ever feel like a failure, then all of a sudden that stuck 
that bound, that addicted feeling, that, that, that unproductive feeling just overwhelms us. Yes, feeling like a failure. It just, it has such a weight, particularly in the life of us men. Men, there's something about if we ever feel like a failure, we just, we shut down in life. We've all heard the joke from our, our kids or grandkids, and they come up and say, what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of rocks? And we know the answer. They weigh the same. It's both a pound. However, not all things weigh the same. You see, failure always feels heavier in the heart. Failure. If you ever feel like you can make a mistake in the marriage, but if you ever feel like a failure in the marriage, it weighs heavier. You, you go through something, you say, I, I failed in my career. It, it's different from just taking the wrong job or miscalculating something. Failure weighs on us. And what do we do? We bury the feelings. We push them down. And we tell everybody we're doing fine. But our stomach keeps score. Inside our core being, we realize, guess what? There's, it aches to the core. It aches in your soul. Your, your stomach keeps score. And you're saying, oh, it's not the same. This one is heavier. This one hurts more. This one, this one wounds me deeper than the other issues. For you see, failure will always exaggerate the negative in your life. Yeah. The man in the, and the story in John chapter 5, you didn't get in last time, you won't get in next time. No one helped you last time, no one's going to help you this time. It didn't change last time, you're stuck. You've been in this condition and things will never change. Some of us are there. Yeah. And failure has exaggerated the negative. Why even try? Why give it a chance? And you, you want to surrender and you, you don't want to take the next step because you stumbled on the last step. And I want you to know you're not stuck. You need to put that in your heart. I'm not stuck. I'm not bound. I'm not broken. I'm not destined to stay as I am. I'm not destined to always feel how I feel today. Number two, you want to you break that down feeling? Then be free from me. No, I'm not saying me, okay? I'm not saying me. I'm saying be free from the power of me. And every one of us, every one of us, we allow ourselves, ourselves to pull us down. And I, I want to encourage you, be free from me. Be free from the power of me. In verse number 7 of John chapter 5, the man who was, who was paralyzed, the, the man in the the story who, the invalid, Jesus asking, do you want to get well? And you got to read verse number seven really the way it was spoken. Many of us read it like, kind of like a, uh, in a holy sense, uh, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. No, you, to really capture this, verse number seven, 
you need to have that whiny, nasally, complaining sound to you, okay? You need to listen to it four times, four times in verse number four. The man is going to, he's going to mention himself, I or me, four times, four personal pronouns. And you need to read it with that whiny, complaining. Verse number seven, well, you want to get, well, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. Well, I'm trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. That's how it was written. That's how he really said it. Come on. Yeah. Can you put a name to somebody that talks like that? Is there a family member? Is there a coworker? You know, that, that complaint. You need to be free from me. There is an overemphasis in our culture today on me. There's an overemphasis on self. And you can get, and all of us do, the disease of me. No, I don't like it, and it's not the way I want it, and I can't do anything about it, and you don't care about me, and, and you don't do it the way you want it, you never considered me, and you don't feel like, I don't feel like you understand me, and you can get the disease of me. We were, we were told growing up, wrongly so, wrongly so, that we need to look out for number one. The Bible does not agree with that. The Bible says if you want to be first, you need to become last. If you really want to be exalted, you must humble yourself. And the Bible speaks against the disease of me. And often what happens to us is it's not the circumstance. It's not the mother-in-law. It's not the kids. It's not the co-worker. It's not. It's. My attitude, my mood, my temperament, my personality, my misunderstanding. You see, if you break up, you're still going to take you with you in the next relationship. Yeah. You know, if you quit the job, you're going to take you with you to the next job. Even if you do it alone, you're still stuck with you. It was Dr. Seuss that said, you are who you are that is truer and true. There is no one alive that is youer than you. And sometimes it's just us. It's just us, our temperament, our personality. And here was the man, I have no one to help me and no one will go for me and no one will be there for me and me, 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 me. And sometimes that keeps us stuck. Now, every married couple, every mar man and woman, husband and wife, you heard something when you were dating that is not true. We all heard it, but it wasn't true. Young adults, hear me. Hear me. You're going to hear something when you're dating. It's not true. They may mean it. They may, they may tell you they mean it. But let me just clarify it. It is not true. All of us who are married, we heard this when we were dating. I love you just the way you are. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Sure. And the, you know what? We all believed it, didn't we? Huh? Yeah. I love you. Just the way you are. You don't change it. Just the way I am. Yeah. 
yeah. Denise and I, we're dating. She said, I love you just the way you are when we're dating. Yeah. She said, I thought about you today. You were on my mind. We got married. She said, you're under my skin. <laughs> what happened? What, what happened? What, what, what happened there? Yeah, when we were dating, I'd pick up Denise. I'd open the door to the car. You know, didn't get into the side. Those, those, those consoles, that have, that's messed up. You know, that's messed up. We used to have those long bench seats in the car. You know what I'm talking about? She'd slide in, and I'd get in and drive with one hand. What's wrong, babe? What's wrong, Dave? Oh, just not feeling. Well, what's wrong? What's wrong? Tell me. Well, this has gone wrong, and that has gone wrong, and this has gone wrong, and this. And she'd just tell me, and I'd just look over her and say, I love you. And you could just see the pain and the angst melt off her. She became, she became the sunshine. Just heard, I love you. Yeah. We get married. We get married. Yeah. And she said, she said, you, you left your plate on the table after dinner. I know, but I love you. She said, you want to eat again? You don't pick that plate up. I'm, I'm not your mama. Yeah, I'm not your mama. Yeah. Jim, the trash needs to get its floor floor. It's beginning to stink. I know, Bubby, baby, but I love you. And I don't matter if you love me, you better take that out right now, okay? Things change. And sometimes we just say, I am who I am, accept me, and how I feel about it. The way I feel about it is right. And we get caught up into this idea that how we feel about it and how we see it is correct. We need to be free from the power of me. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter number 7, he, he, he writes this entire chapter and he, he just really zones in on this. And the discussion has been Jesus has saved you. Jesus has come into your heart. But why are you struggling with, with issues? Why are there why are, there, why are there disagreements with people? Why can't you get along in your family? Why is it that you have anger? Why is it that this occurs? Why is it that that occurs? And the Apostle Paul brings it down in chapter number 7. In fact, the last five verses, 17 times he'll say me. And then he comes down in verse number 23 and he says, There is a battle that I am fighting and it's the battle with me. There it is. He said, my greatest enemy is me. And then he says, Jesus, you need to deliver me from me. Because me is my greatest enemy. We need to be free from the power of me. And if we could just do that, you'd be unstuck. It would liberate it. It would give you freedom. It, would, it, could, it could break the pattern in your life. And number three, as we go into communion, I want to share with you. You need to just get up. It's time to get up. The Bible says in verse number eight, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. There's a moment in which you need to just 
You need to just get up. You need to get out of cynicism. You need to just say, I'm not going to rehearse the hurt feelings. I'm, I'm not going to live in the addiction. I'm, I'm not going to allow that to control me anymore. I'm not going to stay angry. I'm, I'm not going to stay in this situation. I'm, I'm not going to stay bitter. I, I was hurt in that church, but I've, I've carried that with me too long. I was wounded in that marriage, and I'll never trust again. God wants to heal you. Some of us, we have a, we have a poverty mentality. You have a poverty mentality. You don't pray big, ambitious prayers of blessings because you were raised to feel like it can't happen to you and you don't deserve it. You, you were raised with a poverty mentality. It was Mr. T said, I may have been raised in the ghetto, but there's no ghetto in me. I like that. And God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you of that poverty mentality that you don't deserve. You, you haven't applied for that, for that promotion because you believe you don't deserve it. You're stuck. And Jesus went to a cross, gave his life, shed his blood that you could be a new person in Christ. And I'm going to invite you to take your past pain, your present problem, say God it's yours take, take the pride of self and the self defensiveness and lay it aside and say I'm getting up from this day forward I'm going to be different from this day forward so with that in mind I'm going to invite you to stand together with me as I have the privilege of leading you in communion Welcome to retrieve the wafer right now, and I, I will lead us in prayer over these elements. Father, I bring these precious people, people that God, where many of them are like the, the man in the gospel story, the invalid. Something's paralyzed them. Something's beat them down and discouraged them. Something has owned a part of their dream. And I pray today they'll see that Jesus has the power to set them free from hurt, past pains. Jesus has solution for present problems. They're not stuck not bound that through Jesus we're redeemed through Jesus we're saved through Jesus we have access to the Father through Jesus we can appropriate a new life through Jesus the sunshine of God's hope can come into our life again I pray that for them I speak life and healing Life in healing. Broken and wounded emotions. Heal them today. In Jesus' name. Heal them, God, as we partake of these elements. And I bless these elements. The bread and the cup. Symbolic of the life of Jesus. And it 
It's in the name of the Lord I pray. Amen. The bread. I invite you to share with me. It's his broken body we take in remembrance of the Lord Jesus. Yes, God. Symbolic of his blood shed on the cross. We're free. Let's take in the name of the Lord. Now, now, let's personalize it. Let's personalize it. In this worship moment, in this worship moment, personalize it in your heart. Worship team. 